It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all of our content on our Facebook page, although we are having some issues right now with our Facebook page. We will get that back up and running as soon as possible. We are doing some construction work on our Locked on Packers website. Uh, we hope to have a new site up for you guys uh, as soon as we can. And anytime you want to get in contact with the show, you can do that at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. Green Bay gets their second win of the season, 22 to nothing in an absolute defensive domination of the Buffalo Bills on Sunday in week four. And let's start with that defense because there's plenty to talk about with the offense and some of the frustration that that Green Bay had and that Aaron Rodgers had after the game. But let's start with the defense because this was the fewest yards Green Bay had allowed since 2014, just 145 total yards. And it was the team's first shutout since 2010. Those two years should stick out for Packers fans. This defense, and Aaron Rodgers said it after the game, this was a Super Bowl caliber defensive performance. This was championship level defense. And it really, I think it can't be understated, frankly, that Green Bay was able to play from the front in this game. The the Packers defense looks so different when it is able to key in on what you want to do, which is throw the ball and find creative ways to attack what you're trying to do. Josh Allen finished 16 of 33 for 151 yards. That's 4.6 yards per attempt. That is trash. He also threw two picks. He fumbled once, a 36 passer rating. This was the same quarterback that was making stick throws and making competitive, outstanding first down runs, touchdown runs against the Minnesota Vikings defense just a week ago. And Green Bay put the clamps on him. Seven sacks, 11 quarterback hits. I understand he's a rookie. But you have to take care of business. Green Bay fans can't be so spoiled and, and, and frankly, so cynical that a defensive performance like this goes uncelebrated. This was a virtuoso defensive performance for the Packers. Multiple players got in on the action. Jermaine Whitehead gets a sack. Kyler Fackrell had three sacks. Three sacks in this game. Haha ha Clinton Dix had an interception. In a lot of ways, this was the redemption game 
because the defense came through, the safety position came up big, Kyler Fackrell did a bunch of stuff. This Green Bay Packers defense can be really good. And I've said that from before the year, and I know that there was a lot of of consternation and there was wailing and gnashing of teeth and and over with the second half against the Vikings and the first half against Washington it was something like 600 yards of offense in a four quarter span which you know obviously would be really bad if it were all in one game but it wasn't and Mike Patton on Saturday showed his team and explained to them and said look when you guys play well you dominate so go out and do that for four quarters and they did. It is true that the Bills don't have a great offensive line. But they blocked up that Minnesota front a week ago. It is true. The Buffalo Bills don't have great receivers. But they were able to make some plays against the Vikings just a week ago. So it's all well and good to say, well, Green Bay performed against a subpar offense. That is True, But what has to be recognized is the fact that, yes, Green Bay performed against a subpar defense. They performed well. Last year, they couldn't even do that. I wrote about it for Acme Packing Company. Green Bay last year basically made bad quarterbacks good, good quarterbacks great. Every quarterback basically, except for I think three on their schedule, played above their season average against this Packers defense. Joe Flacco played really good football against this defense. Deshaun Kaiser played really good football against this defense. Even without your best cornerback and even without a starting defensive lineman, and now you're you're also dealing with the loss of Jake Ryan as a linebacker. Now we're way past that, but that performance to do that under those sorts of adverse circumstances speaks to the quality of the talent on this team. Josh Jackson had a very good day. Jair Alexander had a very good day. Haha Clinton Dix had a very good day. It was a really outstanding day all the way around for the defense and they didn't always get pressure with four and that's okay because when they blitz they are really effective so far this season. And what can you do more often when you're winning? You blitz. Green Bay got out to a 6-0 start. They got out to a 16-0 halftime start. And the Bills had to throw the ball. But when you have to throw the ball, then Green Bay can get creative with what it wants to do on the back end. That is why starting fast is so important for the Packers. This defense works better with a lead. Now, that is true for most defenses, but... If Green Bay comes out, especially with Aaron Rodgers, and they go up 7-0, that is more than 7-0 against most other teams because of the specter of Aaron Rodgers. 7-0, especially in Green Bay, is like 10 or 14-0 for most other teams. They feel like they have to get that back quickly because if they don't, and let's say you get no points or you get a field goal, you feel like Rodgers is going to come down the next time and get points. So you have to match. And that is playing into Green Bay's hand. They want to pressure you. They want to create unblocked situations. They want to to trick you into believing they have eight men coming and then they drop six. Or they want to trick you into believing they have three men coming and they bring seven. And that was something they did consistently against Josh Allen. Now against Matthew Stafford this week, 
they'll probably be less effective doing that. But if they're winning, they'll have more opportunities to do that. And that is the difference. Now, the offense didn't play up to its abilities. But when the defense plays like this, they don't have to. And so when you can find a little bit better balance and this offense actually plays well and the defense is playing like this, even if it's against an offense better than what the Bills have on paper or put out there on Sunday, then this team can be as good as it wants to be. And just like Green Bay's defense played with swagger on Sunday, you should get a little bit of extra swagger for yourself and Loki, a new partner with the Lockdown Packers podcast can help you do it. If you haven't heard that name before, well, now you have. This company is amazing. Even if you're not necessarily a bracelet person, we're not talking about gold chain bracelets like you're a used car salesman. No, this is fashion and function. The Loki bracelet comes in green and gold. In fact, I have one. I wore it for the Packer game. And it holds water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. It's a daily reminder to keep balance between the highs and the lows in your life. And it's the kind of thing, even if you're not the kind of person that normally wears a bracelet. I am. I've got a a rope bracelet that I love to wear. I've got a beaded bracelet that I wear a lot. But this is a great way to remind yourself to keep balance between the highs and the lows. Since Loki is friends of the show, they're offering an exclusive discount of 25% off all game day collection bracelets. Guys, trust me, they look great. They're not uncomfortable at all. This is the best deal you're going to get on these bracelets. There are people on the internet trying to fake these bracelets and sell them to you for cheap. I'm, I'm going to give you the real thing for cheap. When you use the promo code PACKERS25 when you're checking out and boom, you just thank me later. Go to lokai.com, that's L-O-K-A-I.com and use the promo code PACKERS25 to take advantage of this amazing deal. Locked on Packers is also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Remember, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, which is why I always tell you about my bookie. It's not just that they've been in business for years or have great online reviews or have a mobile site that's really easy. It's that they have everything that you could want from an online betting site plus an interface that is friendly for users and all sorts of of prop bets and fantasy over-unders that make it easy for anyone to get into gambling. You can win right now at mybookie.ag without knowledge of complex betting jargon or parlays or teases. You don't have to know any of that at mybookie. And right now, mybookie is so slammed with new bettors, they want to give you the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on a deposit over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match that first deposit dollar for dollar, which means when you enter the promo code LOCKDOWN25 at checkout, not only will they match that first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000, but you'll also get that $25 in free play when you deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's up to you. MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. 
before we get to the Aaron Rodgers comments and the offense and and all of the the consternation again around the offense, I got this text on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Hey, Peter, Jordan from Appleton. Jair has been great, but so is Derwin James and Harold Landry. With all three positions being a need for Green Bay, do you still think Alexander was the best selection? I think Jackson having success, too, makes it easier to look back at other positions of need. Thoughts? Thanks. I wanted to bring this up because Jair Alexander obviously had his first career interception in this game, and it should have been number two. The the league came out and admitted, basically, that it was wrong about the NFL's doubling down on the Clay Matthews hit in Minnesota. The competition committee agreed that's not a foul. And the NFL has said they're going to call fewer penalties. That worked against Green Bay on a hit, uh, you know, on Sunday where Tremaine Edmonds appeared to put his whole body weight on Aaron Rodgers. And basically what the league said was, unless you're sure, that they put their whole body weight into the quarterback and really drove him into the ground, don't call the penalty, which is really what the the call should have always been. It's what the penalty was intended to be for egregious and reckless hits on the quarterback. That is what roughing was supposed to be. But back to the the question here, I thought it was particularly apt given the, the game, and I got it on Sunday, so it's not like I've been holding on to this this text for a long time, it, it came in after the game, after Jair played great against Buffalo and has been playing well all season. He was the starter in place of Kevin King. We have to remember the selection of Jair Alexander at 18 relative to what the Packers could have done at that spot and what they could have done at 14 has to be viewed relative to the trade that was made which is not just that the Packers gave up the right to draft at 14 and eventually moved up to 18 and and gave up minimal draft capital to do it, but you're looking at what they got in Jair Alexander plus the first-round pick. So if Jair Alexander is a good player and Derwin James is a good player, even if James is better than Alexander, and right now he has played a more impactful role for his team, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Packers got the bad end of this deal. In fact, Derwin James has to be so much better that he is better and more valuable than Jair plus a future first-round pick. That will be really difficult. Basically, he'll have to be Ed Reed, and Jair Alexander would have to be Ahmad Carroll for that to to come out, to, to be about right, given the context of that trade. Okay, so we have to view that trade in its context in the moment. Green Bay didn't know Josh Jackson was going to be there at 45. They picked the best player they could at the time. And the league, by the way, should not have let Josh Jackson fall to 45, just like they shouldn't have let Harold Landry fall to 41. It's interesting that that is a name that was brought up because Landry hasn't been a consistent, impactful player for Tennessee. He did get a sack against Philly on Sunday, but he had been dealing with issues, and he really has shown so far that he only has the one move. And yes, it's a good move, but teams are going to catch on to it, and he needs to develop a counter. Jair Alexander, I mean, if you were listening to the show on Friday, you heard Chris Trapasso say the number one corner in the draft for him. 
There is no position on a defense right now in the modern NFL that is more important than cornerback. So getting two of them, I mean, we saw the impact that they had on this team on Sunday. If if this were last season, Green Bay would not have shut out Buffalo because they just didn't have the talent at the quarterback position. That was a black hole. Even if Demarius Randall had played, you're having to deal with guys on the opposite end, Ladarius Gunter and Quentin Rollins, a hurt Kevin King. I mean, it was a disaster. It was awful. And Green Bay doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Solidifying a position and getting a first-round pick? I mean, to come away with those first two, to essentially use your first two picks on starting caliber cornerbacks at priority positions of need for any team, but especially Green Bay, and to get a future first-round pick, there is no lens through which that can be viewed that says that's not an unequivocal win. It just is. Now, my wife and I were talking about looking for seats to go to, to Packers Jets in New York in December around Christmas time, and we were talking about how we should do that. We try and go out when we can, although life can sometimes get in the way. But whether you're going out to see your favorite band or going to cheer on your favorite team in the crowd, Vivid Seats can help you get there. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code Locked On for $20 off that first order of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off that first order of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. The reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. 
Now, Aaron Rodgers had some choice words for the offense, the plan, the execution after Sunday's game. He called the, he called the offense terrible. He said, we were a championship-level defense and a non-playoff team offensive level today. He talked about the importance of getting the ball to Devontae Adams, who he said they couldn't cover. Should have Felt like they should have gotten the ball to Jimmy Graham as well. And I just want to remind Aaron, he is the quarterback. Like, he does get to decide where the ball is thrown. Obviously, play designs are a thing, and they're designed to go one place or another, but they also have progression reads, and if guys are open, guys are open. And if Devontae Adams is winning on a route, throw him the ball. Rodgers also missed a number of throws in this game, and I think he needs to take stock of that. He did not play his best game from an accuracy standpoint. Missed a number of throws. There were some drops. Geronimo Allison had a bad third down drop. It would have taken a pretty spectacular play to make the catch on the sidelines, but he was in position to make it and couldn't. Lance Kendricks had another bad drop on third down. I I continue to be mesmerized as to what his purpose on this team is. But Rodgers rightly points out 423 yards of offense, which looks pretty good in comparison to some of the other games that they've had, as he says. But he said they should have had 45 points and 600 yards. And he might be right about that. I mean, they had 423 and 22 points. They, They should have had 30. And they probably should have scored 30 in the first half. And there was there was stuff open all day, and they weren't able to get it done. And he was asked why that happened, why Devontae Adams didn't get more touches. And he said, it's by, plan, it's by the plan. Find ways to get him in number one spots. Now, Rodgers does not put together the game plan. The coaches do that, and he pointed that out. He said, coach puts together the game plan. I tell him the calls I like, and we go. They meet during the week. They discuss what he likes, what he doesn't like, and the coaches put together the plan. Rodgers obviously upset with the way the offense is playing, and he should be. The scheme, as I've said, I mean, I don't want to get into this again. The scheme has been fine. Guys are open, and Rodgers has missed some open guys. Guys have dropped passes. They haven't been able to consistently execute the way that they need to in the run game. Although, Aaron Jones should be playing more. I mean, there's just no other conversation to have. It's not that Jamal Williams is a bad player. And Ty Montgomery showed his value, especially in the receiving game, on Sunday. But Aaron Jones was, was clearly, and is clearly, the best running back on this team. 11 carries, 65 yards. That's a six yard average. With the touchdown, he had a 30-yard run. Green Bay ran the ball. What did They basically did whatever they wanted. 32 carries, 141 yards. But you explain to me how Aaron Jones can get 11 carries for 65 yards and Jamal Williams can get 11 carries for 25 yards. How do they have the same number of carries? Aaron Jones had a 17-yard catch and run on a screen. So you're talking about 12 touches for 82 yards. He is the best playmaker in that backfield maybe the second best offensive player, skill position player on this team. He needs to be getting those touches. And he came out in the second half and he was in on that first drive. And Green Bay got a field goal. And then it was back to, okay, we're going to play Jamal Williams sometimes. We're going to go with Ty Montgomery sometimes. Why? Why? And I think that's the part as much as anything that Rodgers is frustrated with. You lose Geronimo Allison to a concussion. You lose Randall Cobb. And so 
Rogers' point is let's feed Devontae Adams. Let's feed Jimmy Graham. Let's feed Aaron Jones. Let's create situations where those guys are the intended targets. There were also two unforgivable calls in the first half on third down, third and long. There was a third and 11 and a third and 16. The first one was a draw, and the second one was a, a receiver screen. Those are give-up plays. They're, those are garbage. Take those plays on third and 11 and put them in the trash. They are garbage. They are useless. You have Aaron Rodgers. What are you doing? Never give up. Never knuckle under. And and I, I mentioned this on Twitter. If you just call a play, any passing play, just pick one at random. Put them all on a board and throw a freaking dart. Okay? Rodgers will find a way. If it's not open initially, if he can't get the yardage that he needs, he's going to extend the play. And this is the first time we've seen him looking healthy enough to do that. So let him do that. Let him go make a play. Let him go be Aaron Rodgers. It's like Mike McCarthy forgets that he has Aaron Rodgers and he's got Brett Hundley back out there. And so he's got to throw this receiver screen for reasons. It doesn't make sense. I understand Aaron Rodgers' frustration in that way. But this was also not Rodgers' best game. Missed some throws accuracy-wise. I felt like they played with good tempo. I thought for the most part, except those two or three calls, the play calling was actually pretty good. The ball did get spread around and they got fit in the receiving core in the second half and, and it really was a struggle. That's to be expected in a game where you're starting a rookie in Marquez Valdez-Scantling who had the big play up the sideline. Love to see that. Interesting to note, Jamon Moore was out there ahead of EQ, but they need Randall Cobb back in this offense. When they're healthy, this is going to be a really potent offense. Geronimo Allison is very, very legit. He is still the leader in receiving yards on this team, but they're going to get the offense figured out. They will. I'm not worried about the offense. I am encouraged by what I saw from the defense, and the offense is going to continue to get better. They need to, to, to cut out this hot hand nonsense with the running backs. Aaron Jones is the running back. And, and any any Jamal Williams carries and snaps are for either pass protection or, you know, he's going to be in there 10, 12 snaps a game. And Ty Montgomery can, can play, you know, 10 snaps a game. And the rest are Aaron Jones. He should be playing 40, 50 snaps. That is what he should be out there doing. He needs to be the focal point in this backfield. And it seems like at this point, the only person that doesn't agree is Mike McCarthy. All right, we'll be back tomorrow and and the rest of the week getting ready for Lions Week. Green Bay travels to Detroit to take on the Lions and a divisional matchup. The Lions coming off a loss against Dallas, last second field goal, so they are are desperate. They're playing with their backs against the wall. That defense just isn't good. And Green Bay should be able to, this is the easiest defensive game they'll have had all year to this point. They faced four really good defenses and and really done better than I think has been said. But Aaron Rodgers is right. 423 yards and 22 points is just not going to cut it in in this situation where they could have they could have never punted against Buffalo today, and they just didn't take advantage. And and they're going to get better. And the defense got a get right game against Josh Allen. Maybe this is a get right game for the offense. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. 
you can always hit us up at the Locked on Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. Go to iTunes, like the show, leave us a review, let us know how you found the show. I, I love hearing those stories. Still get texts and calls letting me know how you found the show, when you found the show. I think that's really great. We are building this community here. We continue to be one of the top shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and it's all because of you, because you do the same thing every day and every week. And that is easy and it's simple. Stay locked on, Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.